0: Of interest. No apologies. We have some people missing.
1: <laughs> That's not the same.
0: Not that you've been told. Okay. Well, we'll follow that in due course. Um, any declarations of interest? Minutes of the previous meeting. Are they a true record? Very
1: comprehensive General.
0: The only possibility I have is that I had um, 7.30 in my diary. So I don't know if at any point this was... I know it's, it's a regular 7 o'clock start, this meeting, um, but it was in my diary at 7.30. That, that means that at some point it was set for 7.30. I can double-check that and get back to you. Well, anyway, we'll see if they turn up at 7.30. Um, okay, sorry, we were on to minutes of the previous meeting. Are they a true record, Councillor Lodge? Yeah, i just...
2: Page 12, I'm quoted as saying that... Um, which, which PP item is it? It's PP 11, page 12. Right. I think it's 11, yes. It just goes on a bit, does that one. Sorry, I've got to get back to it now. Um, it says... Uh, Council Lodge's quote quoted saying the regulation this talking about development corporations and the legislation therefore. I said legislation was there for development corporations to take on an area of new town development. Um, I don't think I said that. I think I was probably more likely to say it could take on all new town development rather than an area thereof. So probably just replacing all new town de- the area with all new town development would probably reflect what I said. And technically, of course, it does require a further
0: statutory instrument in Parliament. So when you say the legislation is there, it's not
2: technically there yet. Well, no, quite the opposite. Technically, it is there, but maybe it's not quite fit for modern purpose and it's planned to be updated tomorrow. Probably amounts to the same difference. But anyway, we won't yeah. split out on that.
0: And yes, I'm sure you did say for everything, yeah. because you said that consistently. Okay, we just
3: amend that, uh, Alistair. Anything else? Uh, Councillor Dean? Yes, thank you. It, uh, first of all, my diary does say 1800 for the start of the meeting. So, and it's, almost 1800, 6 eight, o'clock. Eight, eight, yes. That was the last one. No, okay. That, it, it, it began at 6 o'clock and the minutes say 6 o'clock.
0: Have you been here since 6 o'clock? Pardon? Have you been here since 6 o'clock?
3: No, I'm talking about the December meeting.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> oh, you're on the minutes. Oh, right, fine.
3: Yeah, yeah. So in other words, I think they're correct. Yeah. Um, this is not an error. This is just the fact that at the end of the minutes, on page 21, we've got a long list of actions, but I'm, I'm not aware of any follow-up to that to tell us what's been done, whether they've been completed. And I don't want to go through them tonight. It would take a long time, but um, does anybody know how these actions are being Followed through. Can I suggest that uh, officers
0: deal with this in writing to all members of PPWG so that we've got a written response to each of those action points? They are matters of detail to the Regulation 18, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Councillor Loughlin. Thank you. Um, Sorry,
4: sorry, going going back to page 12. just put your
0: uh, your mic off? Thanks. Yep.
4: Sorry. Okay. Yep. Uh, Going back to uh, page 12. Uh, on the last paragraph at the top, uh, it says, Council launched policy SP10 on page 436, blah, blah, uh, talking about replacing uh, policy F7, which is a policy we use quite a lot. Uh, and uh, officers, we're going to look into a suggestion um, because it was thought that was that SP10 was a, SP a watered-down policy. So uh, do you know if that's happened, and if anybody has looked into that, and if they have, what the outcome is, please?
0: And that is in the actions, of course. So I'll ask officers to comment on that.
5: So we're working on drafting up the next version of the local plan at the moment. Um, we're taking into account all the actions that came aboard from the last PPWG and we'll be bringing the the draft plan to PPWG on the 31st of May with regards to that specific action that's something I would have to come back to you on in terms of how we've taken that into account.
4: Right, okay well if you don't mind because we consider that to be a very important policy on planning. Thank you.
0: Yeah and um, the the other two leaders will support the comment that uh, Mr. Miles has just made, and it will come back to the next PPWG. So it is in hand, and we're we're commenting on it. Uh, I think it was Councillor Mills and then Councillor
6: Lodge. Um, Chairman, my memory might not be correct, but I'm sure we discussed the uh, work we wanted carried out on the SIL option as opposed to a 106 option. I'm pretty sure we were debating it, and I'm sure it was made as a statement. I, I don't know if Councillor Lodge can remember, but I think we were... We were asking for a further bit of work on the appropriateness of SIL as opposed to 106.
0: We've certainly had that discussion several, se- several times. I'm almost certain we
6: had that discussion.
0: Uh, um, and um, so are we going now back to the minutes? Are we suggesting that the minutes aren't complete? Well, it's not in the
6: action points, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that we actually had a conversation about it. Um, so okay, let me just if we turn, can just check t- that one turn
0: to officers, because we certainly had the conversation about uh, reviewing... Um, still, in the context of going forward. Uh,
5: thank you, Chair. Um, yes, so we have been thinking about how we can incorporate SIL in uh, future decisions in planning in Uttlesford. Um, in order to do that, we would need to develop a Regulation 1, 2, 3 list um, and con- consult upon that. Um, in order to allow us to do that... And to make sure we have the right hooks in place, we are considering whether it's appropriate to include reference to SIL in the draft, next version of the draft local plan.
0: So uh, we need to um, iterate that conversation before the next PPWG. So, would you be content that it was raised at the Friday leaders' meeting? In advance of the next PPWG and then we'll bring it back to PPWG so there's clarity around the process, the thought process and the final conclusion.
6: Yeah I mean I want to see the piece of work that's actually telling us what we should be doing so yes if it comes to the leaders and then back to PPWG. I know you've been thinking about it but I don't want to get to Reg 19 and find that it's just disappeared and if there's a process we've got to go through to actually include it then we need to be doing that process and making the decision sooner rather than later. OK. Yeah.
0: So you've got that, Alistair, as a clear action point.
2: Yeah, OK. Councillor Lodge. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still on the same issue, really, if you like. I, I was hoping that... that a number of these points would come back to, to this meeting because I've got uh, a, a number of action points I'm particularly keen to to follow up on and I'm now just getting a bit worried about timing that if, if it does come back to the 23rd of May we're then only about three weeks to the, to the final full approval and I'm getting worried about it being concertinaed. and so you're saying we may be going to bring them back to the uh, are you talking still now
0: or other action points? I'm, ta- I'm
2: talking about, about a whole number of things that I've referenced on on action points, um, uh, Councillor Loughlin mentioned PP11. Um, I'm worried about to the first two in 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 12. So that there was the density of housing, uh, then there was something on air quality and so on. And we 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 we're, we're in danger of getting very close to the final decision without having things clarified. And just. On top of that, from, from some queries that have been coming up today on, on planning issues around the district, we had a number of uh, workshops which Nigel Brown led mm. uh, and policies were, were um, queried at that stage. Uh, we really need to have a final run-through on policies, uh, probably offline from this with the type mm. of session that, uh, that Mr Brown Ranks. So, could we make sure that that happens? Otherwise, and, and certainly, air quality was one of the things that was a particularly hot button. The mind that was in there that hadn't been solved. So, really, I'm just worried about timing and getting through it all to meet to meet the schedule.
0: Yeah, sure. So, we can certainly arrange uh, another, uh, Mr. Brown, session um, on planning policies. As far as the action points, I think we've already said that there will be a response. And I think the other key point, but officers please comment, is that of course these action points were raised and are a, are a key point of the comments that go into Regulation 19 consultation. So um, they're very much there. They'll be, the, we, we can respond in the meantime, but they will be picked up at the, um, it, 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 the uh, Regulation 19 consultation paper. Do you wish to comment?
5: Thank you, Jet That's right. The, these action points... Um, resulted from a discussion at the last PPWG at which we brought before you a full summary of all the representations that we received to the Regulation 18 Local Plan. The response to those representations um, in the form of the next version of the Local Plan is is effectively how how the action points are also going to be responded to.
0: yes yeah. <laughs> yeah so so, so yeah uh, but in the meantime the uh, the committee's asked for them so they can have early sight which i think is fine so it remains an iterative process but uh, yeah we, they will all be picked up and we've added seal to that list anything else okay um in which case we move on to item three uh on our agenda which is the substantive item for tonight. Yeah, And we have two speakers uh, who wish to comment, and our normal custom is to take the speakers first, and then uh, officers will respond, and then we'll go into debate. Well, officers will respond and um, uh, outline the paper as well. Um, So Mr Clark and Mr Young have asked to speak, so can I call on Mr Clark to speak first?
7: Yeah, good evening and uh, thanks for um, allowing me to speak today. Um, I'm I'm Tony Clark, I'm a resident of Great Dunmo. And um, myself and Colin Bradley are two sort of independent residents who sit with the Great Dunmo Town Council Local Planning Group. So we act as independent advisors to the group about local planning matters. My background is in construction. I'm basically a civil engineering project manager with a great deal of experience of private sector developments. Colin is a public sector man who has worked um, among other things on a number of development corporations and LEPs. So we'd like to think we know what we're talking about, but you may have a different view. (laughs) Um, What I want to talk to you about tonight is is an issue that's um, concerned Dunmore Town Council. It's a comments on a report prepared by Hardesty and Jones Associates. It's dated October 2017 and it's entitled the West Essex and East Hearts Assessment of Employment Needs and the Town Council's concerns are that this document may be used to inform the the developing local plan and the Town Council is concerned that it's a document that's not really fit for purpose it's a long document so I don't plan to go through it on a blow-by-blow basis what I would like to do is just pick on <coughs> um, four main issues that are in the plan um, and use those to demonstrate why we feel it's, it's not suitable. And the starting point is really the executive summary, which is at page one, where four core objectives for the study are set out. Um, and um, Colin and I in particular worked quite hard with Jackie Dean on this piece of work. When we looked at the objectives. Objective number one is to conduct an appraisal. This is what Hardesty were required to do, conduct an appraisal of the East of England forecasting model 2016 to ascertain whether or not it's a sound foundation upon which to formulate an up-to-date assessment of employment needs for the functional economic marketing area. Now, I'm sure you know from having read the report that Uttlesford is one of four authorities included in the FEMA. So the report is a very generalised um, report that applies to the whole FEMA, but also takes account of some specific aspects of, of Uttlesford. And our comments on that are that, that the EFFM 2016 predates the current UDC draft local plan. So it doesn't provide a sound foundation on which to formulate an up-to-date assessment of the employment needs of this part of the FEMA. It has a date. Um, the second objective, the second core objective is to produce an up-to-date business as usual policy of quantitative assessments of employment needs in the FEMA. In plain English how many jobs are going to be needed in the FEMA during the planned period. Um, so the business as usual model forecast that 7,200 jobs will be created in Uttlesford in the relevant period. Um, and that's dealt with the page 34 to 36 of the report so clearly this has now been superseded by events at for example Stansted um, or your likely choice of three new towns within the district in this planned period those matters aren't taken into account in the Hardesty Report, how could they be? because the Hardesty Report was written last October Um, Objective 3 is a little bit longer, it's to explore an appropriate and agreed number of policy on employment needs scenarios. Um, in plain English, have a best guess of what jobs are going to look like in the FEMA in the planned period. Um, this requires the consultants to take a view, and they have done, but our point is that um, none of these are specific to Uttlesford, and because they flow, from a 2015 report based on evidence gathered before the publication of that report, i.e. in 2014 or earlier, again the evidence base is out of date and it can't be relied upon to produce accurate scenario forecasts and for this reason we say objective 3 has not been met. Objective 4, and the last one, based on the preferred scenario Translate assessments of employment need into land requirements. Very difficult. How do you do that? Um, Well, what the um, report suggests is that because there will be 7,200 new jobs, that that will require about 22 hectares of land across the district in the planned period. Um, I always have to deal in square feet. Um, that translates into about 960,000 square feet of new business space in Uttlesford throughout the planned period. Um, to put that into context, Dunmow's Tesco's, for example—sorry, Dunmow's Tesco store is about 100,000 square feet. You know, it doesn't seem like a lot, and it's not based, again, on events. It can't be. So it's not based upon the possible presence of Eastern Park or events at Stansted. And so um, for these reasons, we've concluded that the report offers generic conclusions about the supply position, about the local economic strategy, its historic makeup, etc. all of the things that it was required to do. Um, but they are generic. Um, they're not based on current events. And for that reason, Dunmore Town Council feels that this report should not be allowed to inform the developing local plan. Um, And finally, and very briefly, um, what the council members would be more comfortable with, what they would be happy to see, is something that's written in plain English, a report that says, for example, how many jobs are there in UDC now? I'm sure somebody knows that somewhere. Um, How many will there be in 2033 based upon current thinking? Um, What is the year on year impact between now and 23? Because how can you plan for new jobs if you don't look at it on a year by year basis? At what rate are we likely to accumulate these new jobs? What commercial business space is needed? Um, What type of space, other type of space is needed? For example, office space or research and development space. Unfortunately, the report is silent on all... Well, it's not silent on these issues, but it makes no predictions about them. It simply gives us historic data about them. So, uh, really, what the members of the Council would prefer um, is a plain English version of this report, updated, taking into account current known scenarios, not best wild guesses. So, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Mr. Young.
8: I will also speak to the Hardesty Jones report and I do so in a personal capacity. Okay. This report takes into account the latest East of England economic forecasts. These forecasts were prepared in 2016 and the report is dated October 2017. So it's taken a little while to reach us. The essential point is the, that, that the latest economic forecasts show a much lower figure for job creation over the planned period. The report shows that, after allowing for commuting patterns, a further 20,000 jobs would be needed in the Smar area in order to match the proposed housing growth. It is suggested that much of the shortfall could be made up for by expansion at Stansted Airport. A figure of 10,000 extra jobs taken from a 2015 report by the airport owners was put forward. The consultants were never asked to check the validity of the calculation and it has been repeatedly challenged but inexplicably it's still being used. However, the recent planning application by MAG shows a changed picture. If passenger growth continues according to government forecasts, it's estimated there will be an extra 3,000 airport jobs. If planning permission is granted and numbers increase well above government forecasts, then a further 3,000 jobs will be created. So we're looking at 3,000 or maybe 6,000 jobs rather than 10,000. But we need to remember that the airport is notorious for exaggerating employment prospects. Based on recent experience, a more accurate figure would be about half of these latest projections. The result is the provision of more homes than we have jobs for. Allowing for other minor factors, this could mean about 10,000 additional new residents without local jobs, who would have to commute out of the area to find employment. As the report states, we will be creating dormitory towns, but also putting massive additional pressure on road and rail systems. This issue is not new. It was raised initially in October 2015 and has been repeated by me alone on at least six separate occasions. But now there is a difference. The problems have been highlighted in this consultant's report and the airport have come up with much lower and slightly more realistic employment forecasts. We are now facing a serious imbalance after allowing for commuting ratios there are still far more homes planned than available jobs. Having ignored the issue for two and a half years, I believe that urgent action is now needed to bring the two factors into balance in accordance with good planning principles and to be assured that there is really a need for three new settlements in the district. Thanks very much. So uh,
0: I will ask uh, Mr Miles uh, or Mr Glenday to respond to those comments as they... Uh, introduce the paper but um, I do just want to um, talk about um, housing numbers which you're quite right Mr. Young you've um, been here many a time often with Mr. McDonald um, and um, the number uh, that we have uh, worked on um, and we may disagree about the methodology but uh, has been examined ...repeatedly is 14,100, now we must put that in context with the number that the government's new methodology comes up with, which is 16,200. Mm-hmm. If we are smart and we get our plan through on time, on the, on the deadlines that we have, we can go through on 14.1. If we don't, it will be a bigger number... Of that, there is no doubt. So I think we just need to bear that in mind because it is a very material point and you can shake your head but if you'd like to have a a conversation with the Secretary of State, you're very welcome. But but they have produced a methodology um, and uh, they have um, put it out to consultation and and, and the number broadly stands. So it it is important, this. Now, obviously, jobs in relation to houses uh, and uh, the points... Both you and Mr Clark have made very material points and the number of jobs does, as you know, go up as a consequence of this report. Uh, But I do think we have to fix in our minds the number of houses because if we keep having that conversation, uh, we will all commit ourselves to a
5: disaster. Okay, Is it Mr Miles? Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, To take the points in order, um, Mr Clark made a point about... Oh, i made the point in a number of different ways that the employment evidence base is, uh, in your words, out of date. and It doesn't include um, assumptions about uh, garden communities or growth at Stansted. Um I'd like to um, uh, talk a bit about the purpose of the report. The purpose of the report, of, of which those objectives you went through are, are to enable is to inform the local plans for Uttlesford and and the other three authorities in the FEMA area. Um, It has to be based on as up-to-date forecasts as it can at the time. The time the report was done, it was the 2016 EEFM forecast, as as you noted, and indeed the purpose of the report was to update to the 2016 run from the 2014 one. So the purpose of the report is to update it. There's always a... um, there's always new information coming out. You could update a report every month or every year, or, or um, yeah, there's always new information coming out. At a point, you have to, at some point, draw a line and say, this is the forecast we're using. It is up to date, as best as it can be, and we have to develop a plan on it. So I would say that the, the forecasts aren't old. They're from the EFM 2016 run. They were published not that long ago, within the last. Within the last year or two? Um, I would have to check that. So uh, within the last two years, certainly. Um, and we consider and the consultants consider that it is an appropriate uh, information to base the plan on. Um, on the doesn't include airport growth, I'm going to come back to that point and deal with that at the same time I deal with Mr. Young's points. Um, Consultant's view is not specific to Uttlesford. Um, It's right in that the the report looks across the FEMA area. Um, This matches the approach we've taken in our evidence base to housing need. The the Shemar area and the the FEMA area broadly match and it's considered appropriate that at that level to um, base our jobs and housing growth requirements on. That also allows us, as the report tries to do, to balance the homes and jobs needs across the area. On the 22 hectares point, um, and equating to 960,000 square foot, the report for Uttlesford actually... I mean, the. The two broad purposes of the report are to identify the jobs requirements of the local plan and then to translate that into the B-use land requirements in the local plan. The EEFM forecast um, is split into a number of different sectors which, if you turn to Appendix 2 of the report, please. yes, Appendix 2 of the report, which is page... 39 of the report, or uh, of the committee report, page 81 ish, 78. Uh, there is a breakdown of those um, of the sectors which the uh, which the for, EEFM forecast is based on, and that translates those sectors into land use requirements, which. The report then translates the B land use requirements into, into land. Um, and then you're right, that, relate, that translates into 22 hectares of industrial land within Uttlesford uh, between 2016 and 2033. So that's not the whole plan period, that is looking forward from 2016. In terms of square metres, that equates to 86,000 square metres which I can't do the calculation in my head, but is it's similar. It's about the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's not the only requirement. The other requirement relates to office uh, need, which is uh, two to five hectares, depending on what the density you take. So, more out-of-town uh, rural densities would be the five hectare requirement, and more in-town, higher densities equates to two hectares. Um, so, Yes, it's not a large requirement when you consider it in the uh, context of 16,000 jobs. But it, it, that doesn't—that's um, not the whole of the 16,000 jobs translated into land. That is the, those B-use elements of that job forecast, of which a lot of the forecasts are uh, not B-use or are um, classified as home or none, home working or no land requirement. Um, so it's the consultant's professional advice that that is the that is the reasonable um requirement relating from that forecast, and I mean we have to trust them. that's what we paid them to do <laughs> um yes so I've, that's that point a plain English report talking about the jobs now and in 2033 and the type of floor space so um, the jobs now it is in here that's
3: the page
7: I don't think it's actually jobs now is it it's the, it's the number, it's the, the workforce, the, the registered workforce that's in there it's about 30, uh,
5: 35,800, page 12 of the report.
7: That's the number of people who are registered. From, uh, I,
5: I would have to get back to you in... <clears throat> To double-check that, but um, well, I'm happy to do that. Can
2: you just send?
0: Can you just send uh, Stephen a, a reminder for that? Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
5: Um, And the type of floor space, I've talked about the, the, um, the floor space which is on the final page of the report for Uttlesford, which is the 22 hectares type of floor space. I mean, it's grouping the B2, B8, and, and B1C type use classes into one. So it's a, because it is a high-level report, and yeah, that's considered appropriate. I was
7: just trying to keep it simple. I thought if I introduce all the categories in that final appendix...
4: But
7: the B use classic seems
5: to me to be the key point, which is why. Yeah. The purpose of the report it, it is to translate the requirements into the B use job growth into land requirements for that use classic. So it is specifically not looking at retail growth or other uh, growth like that. the other problem um,
7: with the report is it doesn't say where that land can be found. No, that's a, that's, that,
0: that is another subject, of course, which
5: we will come back to PPWG on. Yeah, just, just to uh, briefly answer that point, that, that's not the purpose of the report. The purpose of the report is to identify the requirement and then the local plan, is, its job, is to identify the needs to meet that requirement.
0: Um,
5: I think that was the last of your points. Uh, turning to Mr Young and the more specific detail of job growth at Stansted you are right that the um, the jobs growth assumptions in the report in Stansted are uh, relating to a high level of growth the figures that they quote are which you mentioned was the London Stansted Airport's 2015 economy and surface access sustainable development plan to give it its full title um, which sets out an increase in passenger numbers of 35 MPPA to 2025 and 45 MPPA to 2030 and relates to an increase in jobs estimated to be around 10,000 at the airport by 2030. Um, that's, not, it's, that's not the end of it, however. Oxford Economics identifies a series of likely displacement effects in the wider FEMA, resulting in a net increase in jobs of 8,750. And the consultant's analysis of the EEFM baseline um, indicates that 2,000 of those additional jobs are already incorporated in the baseline forecast, which gives them the figure of 6,750. You then also mentioned the, um, the current Stansted application, which the council is considering. Um, and you, you talked about uh, uh, 3,000 job growth and a potential further 3,000 um, the socio-economic report for the Stansted application has employment at the airport at current, standing currently at 20,300 20, with 11,000 direct on airport 300 direct off airport and nine. 9,000 indirect and induced. Um, the with development number of jobs for the three, 43 MPPA is 29,700. So that's not quite... That's 9,400 additional. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. Um, 16,200 direct on airports, 300 direct off-airport and 13,200 direct and induced. That's 9,400, which is roughly similar to the 10,000 assumed in the...
0: Miles is saying, it's, it's beyond on-site jobs, obviously it's yeah. jobs within Uttlesford but uh, I mean, he's ta- he is trying to, to respond to you I, I, I don't sense we're going to completely agree on this point but well possibly but, 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 but the
8: report is based on 14,000 is the undertake, down to 13,300 houses and even then if you can get away with this market signals that's actually it down to about 11,500 yeah.
0: We've given you a pretty fair crack of the whip here. Let, let
5: uh, Mr. Miles finish, then I'm going to open it up to the committee. It, um, the, the employment study looks across jobs growth in the, in the whole FEMA area, not just at Stanford Airport or, or, and not just in Uttlesford. So it, it. Yeah. Sorry. Who okay. done? I'm done. Councillor Parker?
1: I raised an issue at the duty to cooperate meeting many months ago when I saw this document. And my particular query about this document is the moderated baseline and then the preferred scenario. Somebody decided we've got a preferred scenario. And if we look on page, we've been told that these figures were from figures produced in 2016. If we look on page 36 of our document in the moderated baseline, 2011 to 2016 is in the past. So I say that between 2011 and 2016, we've got the figures now, 5,000 jobs were created in Uttersford. We then go two pages down and we have our preferred baseline. And suddenly, between 2011 and 2016, we've created 7,400 jobs in a period that's already gone. I got no explanation out of the people who produced this report. Um, who says this is preferred? Why have we suddenly, why has Uttlesford suddenly gone from 7,000 however many?
0: 200
1: 200 to 16,000? Where is the rationale? I appreciate is, is it is an increased baseline but where is the rationale by the loading on Uttlesford? Don't get me wrong if we have got to have the houses I'd like to have the jobs here. But a lot of the jobs are in Harlow, they're around the enterprise zone, the specifics are there, they're Stansford Airport, but we all know that only 27% of employees at Stansford Airport come from Uttlesford. why should that proportion change? And to me, I do not get how we get from the moderated baseline to the preferred scenario, and nobody has ever managed to explain that to me. Because how can we have created two and a half thousand more jobs in a period that's passed?
0: I you to have a crack at that, Mr. Miles?
5: I will have a crack at how we've got to the moderated base, uh, from the moderated baseline to the preferred scenario. That is,
0: that is the question.
5: Um, so, uh, the reason for um, looking again at the jobs growth following the getting to the moderated baseline position is the imbalance between homes and jobs, which that level of jobs growth gets to i e thirty three thousand one hundred versus a housing growth across the um, schmar area of fifty three thousand something um, and that they identify a gap of twenty thousand jobs which they need which needs to be identified in order to balance that homes and jobs in th- then taking that uh, justification the way they do that is by on page 37 of the committee report, or page III of the uh, Executive Summary, is by identifying four, as they call it, major drivers no, 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 no. of I, additional no, job growth. i
1: no, no, sorry, I'm totally with that. Okay. Totally with that. I mean, is it houses-leading jobs or is it jobs-leading houses
2: yeah.
1: is one question. But no, it's not that. The preferred scenario says that we created 7,400 jobs between 2011 and 2016 the baseline says we didn't. (laughs) We knew the figures from 2011 to 2016 because this report is based on 2016 figures. So how can one bit of report say we produced 5,000 and the next bit say but it would have been nice if we produced 7,500 and if we didn't produce 7,500 then we've got to put some more into later periods.
5: I would have to speak to the consultants about that I spoke in I would
1: to make Me, thank you.
5: It, it, it is
0: a material point because um, if, if the total number—and there's a debate about whether the total number is right—but let's assume that it is for the benefit of this discussion. Then, if, they, if, it, if the figure isn't 7,400, then it's got to be added to future years, yes. which is a very material point. Yes. I, I will speak. So we need, to have, we need to have a response that's circulated to the committee on that point. You may. I'm being incredibly tolerant and kind tonight. So for the last time, you may. Yeah, we need to record it, though, if you want to come to the mic. Uh,
7: thanks, thanks for your patience. The, the 7200 figure is based on a business-usual model. Yeah. So if everything carries on as it always has done for the last 10 years, then 7,200 jobs. The 16,000 is based on a higher growth model, so it's somebody's guess of what might happen. Yeah, And that, of course, is always the weakness with scenario forecasting, isn't it?
4: Yeah,
7: That's the point. It's a best wild guess. And so what they've said is 7,200 if everything goes like that. But 16,000. No, 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 we
0: absolutely get that. What yeah. uh, Councillor Barker is saying is that the figure for 2011 to 16, yeah. so the figure that has passed, yeah. it should be a finite figure. Absolutely. So it, 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 it can't vary from 5,000 to 7,400.
7: I'm very impressed that you read the report and picked up on it. That's our job.
0: That's our job to do that. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we're going to get an answer to that point. Yeah. Okay. No, no, it's not. I do so. No. Uh, we're going to get an answer to the point. There may be an explanation, but thank you for, for that. Okay, opening this up to other members of the, of the group Councillor Dean
3: and then Councillor Lodge. The points that have been made already were certainly around what I was going to try to probe. <clears throat> so we've made some progress, although yet we haven't bottomed it out yet. You know, I would, I w- like Councillor Balk, was stuck when I got to this point about uh, the the shortfall that suddenly materialised to be uplifted by the fact that they've discovered some forecasts at Stansted that might fill the gap. But just as they say, they've found some jobs in Harlow that might fill the gap that they hadn't taken into account before. But I'm still, I have to say, I'm struggling on, I guess, the concept that was originally... um, born of a previous government which said that for henceforth we're going to have jobs led housing growth, whatever that meant. I think, well I thought at the time it meant that there's a need for housing and you don't just build housing you you make sure there are jobs as well and therefore you don't just sit there and wait for whatever organisation it is to bring in jobs, You, you go out and bring them in, make them happen Um, So whatever, I think at this stage my sort of fundamental question is, I agree with the Chairman that as things stand at the moment, we are being ordained um, a housing number which is a bit up on, eventually whenever it happens, which is a bit up on what we've been working on so far, therefore the process somehow or other has to reconcile that number with the jobs that would be needed at the time. Not, you know, you can't use the argument because we don't know where the jobs are coming, going to come from. We'll forget the housing and not plan for them. That, I mean, that argument won't wash, uh, as I see it, so it's a case of making sense of this or getting a better rationale, better explanation, and, and, and then working out what the linkage is, which I can't I can't see here, never mind and understand. And I've said this before, I said this prior to regulation 18 consultation that I could not get my head around how what we had in the last consultation showed any reconciliation between the housing proposals at that time and the previous equivalent of this. That's the fundamental thing. I want to have some layman's explanation um, and and there are others who've got uh, head more around this subject than I have ought to be also need to be convinced because they're the ones who come along to the examination in public and say either we've got it right or we've got it wrong and it makes sense. So I've, I've sort of gone a bit more bigger picture than worrying about the detailed numbers, but nevertheless, there are, there are these flaws in here that, just, that seem to be flimsy in how they've reached the conclusion that yeah they, can, they may not can be flaws.
0: We, 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 we need to uh, get the response, <coughs> which we will do, and we'll feed that back. But the, the reason I uh, raised the point about the numbers is because mm-hmm. it, yeah. Well, you're quite right. Um, is it jobs or is it houses? But what we do know is that there's, there's a degree of precision about the number of houses. Now, that precision will go if we don't stay to our timetable. But as things stand today, if we're on plan uh, and uh, we do what we told government we're going to do, then it'll go through at fourteen one. If we don't, then the... As I said, I, I absolutely must stress the number will go up without any doubt at all. So it is beholden on us to stay to the timetable and do this as professionally as we can. Um, what this report then does is obviously to e- equate that to jobs. And we know that in the plan are three new um, garden communities which will uh, obviously be creating their own jobs, have their own employment space Uh, but in addition to that around the district then we need to have the right employment space for the for the vibrancy of our community and related to the the jobs. I absolutely take Mr Young's point. What we don't want to do is to have no available jobs and a lot of houses so that everybody is commuting and we're trying to get that balance right. And it's a a judgment as to whether you think the number is is, is right uh, or or, or not. But the, the report does try and indicate uh, the balance of uh, that employment space, as well, um, and obviously that would be mindful in in the development uh, plans and the master plans that come forward alongside the local, well, after the local
2: plan. Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chairman. In fact, you just you you just touched upon what I, what I was going to say, and what is the higher level, uh, almost philosophical response to what Councillor Dean was talking about, and that is that. Um, if we are going to be building significantly more homes than we appear to be creating jobs we are going to carry on with what is maybe our current function in life which is to be a commuter commuter community and that is probably the sad conclusion that we are coming to. I have got, uh, people may comment on that but uh, just There are a lot of detailed questions about the numbers. We've talked about the numbers at the airport and in fact if you look at page 37, the growth there at Stansted is showed as 6,750 for the area above the moderated baseline. Um, a, A specific question was really how many of those would be for Uttersford, but Probably, I think we've probably gone into this in in enough detail, but there there are so many questions for me. I I would really like to see that further analysis, and I don't really propose to go down the road too much more, other than to say something which you've also touched on, and perhaps we could get a comment on this. The numbers, as Mr Clark pointed out, do not include the employment in in the new towns, and so that will undoubtedly... Make 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 that gap smaller, and hopefully prevent us from being such a major commuting uh, area. I just wondered if, the, if post this report, then whether Mr. Miles has any any views on on what the real effect would be of that employment in new towns. Uh, and if I may, can I come back with another related, unrelated point in a yeah, moment? Yeah, of course you can. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, Councillor Lodge, because you'll have read the report in detail our out-commuting
0: is 38.2%. So, you use the word massive. I don't know whether 382 is massive or not. And, and clearly, we're trying to develop... A, and you're absolutely right. You really are getting into a very high-level philosophical point about to what extent uh, do we want to generate employment land in Uttlesford that is over and above uh, what we need because there is there's a real cause and effect here. Um, and um, if you have so much employment, then you'll be building yet more houses. So the balance is, is a very sensitive one, which I thought the report had handled quite well, actually. Um, and, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask Mr um, Miles to, to, to comment. We do know, as uh, Councillor Barker said, that about... of uh, people who work in Stansted um, live in Attlesford. uh, It depends on the nature of the job, um, and uh, there is clearly a lot of uh, uh, in-commuting around that. As far as the three communities are concerned, I am absolutely not so naive, as as has been suggested by some of the promoters, that people will go and live in the new communities and never have to leave. I mean, that's just absolute nonsense. But, but the purpose, the, but the purpose is that they will be self-contained units, as, as you're very well aware. And that very much includes employment. Uh, and I think the employment aspects will differ from one of the new settlements to the other. Uh, and one can see that North uh, Uttlesford is close to the research centres uh, in our own area and in South cams, just as um, uh, Eastern Park is close to Stansted and the uh, employment along the A120. So, um, you know, that's not to second guess, who will live there and what will be on it, but you know, cl- clearly they'll, they'll, it will take account of, of, of what is relevant. Um, but uh, So I think it's very important to remember that
2: employment is a key aspect of the new communities. Mr. Miles. Just, just before I leave, just a very, very quick one. I'm, I am very frightened, though, that North Ottersford Garden Village will be even more of a, commute, a commuter area than, than any of the others.
0: Well... Thank you, Chair. Uh, Sorry, I'll just come back on that. Because if it was, it's very possible that that will be through sustainable travel, because a lot of those centres are within cycle or uh, rapid transport routes.
5: So all part of the plan, yeah. Thank you, Chair. Um, I think you've you started to give the answer that I was going to give as well, in that one of the garden community principles is that these developments will be as self-contained as they can be, Um, encouraging people to be able to... or giving people the opportunity to live and work in the same place. Obviously, you can't force people to do that. And for those people that uh, choose to uh, commute out, trying to provide sustainable means of doing so, be that by... Bus, rapid transit, bicycle, or, or other.
3: Uh, yeah, Councillor Dean then Councillor Mills? Yeah, I, I think it, it brings us back to this fundamental point, and Councillor Lodge may well uh, be sceptical about the proportion of out commuting that continues post 2020 sometime. Um, but what what to plan to the future we've got to know one I suppose whether we want that balance to change over time whether it will be more sustainable for lots and lots of reasons for more a greater proportion of people to be able to work closer to where they live if so we've got to work out one what we'd like one what's achievable and then go out and make it happen I mean this this document, I don't think, tells us this isn't the ready guide to, to getting that balance between residential population and working population and where people work. And, and so the practical side of it is, and that, that's kind of more of an economic development limb, there have got to be people in place to make jobs come here um, in order to, not, not not based on some theoretical forecasts that might, you know, there might be theoretical steady-state type um, changes, but but if if those changes aren't enough, presumably, action's got to be taken to ramp it up. Um, And and that work's not contained here. It's, I'm assuming, part of the later process, once we've decided what we want to achieve in total. Uh, well, I'll ask Mr. Mars and Mar- Mr. Glenday in terms
0: of the next stage of the process to this, because you're right, this is a high level trying to equate um, anticipated jobs growth with housing growth and to come up with a scenario around that and some indication of the balance of of, um, employment, what kind of employment going forward. And as I say, I think it it has a fair stab at that, and we can all have our disagreements on it, but that's what it's trying to achieve. Mr Miles, what happens then going forward as far as the local plan is concerned? This will be a key piece of evidence to the inspector.
5: This is a key piece of evidence uh, which which will be used to inform the local plan in terms of the appropriate jobs targets and um, where we can draw any information on uh, job types uh, to be used in that for the local plan. In terms of looking forward, one of the uh, key aspects of the local plan is monitoring the implementation and impact of those policies. So um, the council should produce an annual monitoring report which will look at once the local plans. Uh, adopted, monitor the key policies including employment provision. So we will be looking every year the number of jobs that have come to Uttlesford, does that reflect the number of jobs we're 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 planning for and if not what can we do about it?
0: Mr. Councillor Mills.
6: Thanks Chairman. Um, I'm going to be a bit more cynical on that. Um, I've always been along with Mr Young sort of conscious of the numbers and while ORS were in the process there was a logical sort of position to follow. Um, I agree with him sort of 12 and a half, if the economic figures went down I could see it going 11, 12, something like that. What's happened recently is that's been taken completely out of our hands. There's now a new formula that makes it very clear that that's the number. So to a certain extent everything else is now irrelevant to the point where that will be the number. And I have a funny feeling that a lot of the time now, the reports and things that are coming forward are best guess to make those fit the scenario we've got. I'm being a little bit more cynical, if you like, but this has to match where we're going, otherwise we haven't got a plan. So it's not really for us to guess exactly what's going to happen. We don't know if there's going to be an economic downturn, upturn, whatever. We can't tell if people are going to work here, work elsewhere. It's the best guess, and this gives us a platform to actually balance up the figures. And that's sort of where I see it, so.
0: That is a very perceptive observation and much better to be working to 14.1 than to 16.2. So I think think um, you've analysed that um, very well. Councillor Lees.
4: One of my concerns when we talk about job creation is if you remember some of the workshops we've had, the lady that was telling us the national wages and how much housing are here... So if we're going to build 60% market value housing and our houses are way higher than the national wages but we're going to have jobs that are going to pay for the houses, then what we're basically saying is we're going to attract a lot of high-paying jobs here because otherwise the people can't afford the houses. So we can't attract a 1,000 nurses because they're not going to be able to afford to buy those market value houses. So I'm a little bit concerned in that how we are saying that and we all know that the high wages jobs aren't here, don't we? We know they are in London. So Councillor Lodge with the commuting, I know it's a bit cynical, but there's that we 're going to create these jobs, and we 've got the of jobs, but we all know it's twenty seven percent, and a lot of those are low paid jobs that they can't afford it. So there's a little bit of a, you know, it doesn't quite match, does it? These houses we're going to have jobs that pay for these houses, but we're going to have people with jobs that pay super money. We're all going to be celebrities or something.
0: So I'll try and unpick that a little bit. Um, The first point is there are a lot of people who live in Uttlesford, work in Uttlesford, who earn a lot of money. You don't have to commute. So the second point is uh, one of the advantages of uh, garden communities is that the balance of housing in those communities takes account of housing for nurses, other public key. public well I won't use the word key other public sector workers and it's not just about affordable housing it's not even just about social housing it's also about getting a rent below that and um, as you know because you've taken part in the workshops we're absolutely uh, committed to making that happen so any of these new communities will of course have um, uh, around 60% uh, market housing and that will include two three four five bedroomed houses that will cost a lot of money but there will be housing for everybody now that it's much more difficult to do that on sporadic development as you well know um, and uh, you know key aspect of garden communities is to deliver infrastructure and part of infrastructure is a, is, is housing that people can afford if not to buy then certainly to rent so um, you make a very good point uh, that we've got to consider everybody um, I think we are, um, and uh, as officers will say, it's, a, it's, it's, it's part of the uh, development plan document, the DPD, that we're going to introduce to make sure that we're, uh, that, that um, aspiration is a total and absolute commitment. Anything else? Okay, we, are, we were asked to um,
2: note, I think, this. I did warn you that I wanted to come back. Oh right, we thought Sorry. you had. Okay. No, 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 no. I only have one go so far. Um, it was on. It was actually on, on Mr. Miles' uh, paper. So go, going back and not specific then, just to the to the study. Um, it was on page uh, page 29. Then we're talking about uh, outputs from this study and other studies. And uh, in point nine, we were looking. We'll be looking towards new site allocations in. Reg 19, and probably that's that's not a surprise. That, though, then is coming to the uh, PPWG on the 23rd of May. This actually relates to my previous point: was yeah. that um, it's getting a bit late, and yeah. I would have thought that there there would need to be some more interaction between members and offices on, on new site proposals as it's often one of the most contentious parts of of the plan so I wondered can we see it before and just before I finish it also goes on to number 12 where we're looking at I believe it was another four um, commercial sites as well so they'll have to be cited within the plan and look towards allocations so Um, can we see them earlier please? Yeah absolutely and as you know um, the chief executive has recommended
0: that we have um, uh, political group uh, discussions with planners and I think that would be the opportune time to have those discussions and then of course it comes back to PPWG cabinet council and
2: everything else but yeah to, to do what you want to do which is to study it in a little bit more detail. We haven't got those dates in the diary yet, though. Time's marching on, so uh, that is up to the group leaders to arrange. So that was that. That is actually at the door of the group leaders, is well, it? Well, it's a you know, it's a two-way process. But was, was Councillor Dean aware of that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. That was your next point. Anything else? Okay. So, um, recommendation that uh, we note and consider the contents of the new evidence base produced since the close of the last stage of consultation on the local plan. There's one particularly material point that you're going to come back on in terms of numbers um, and uh, one or two other points of clarification. We agree that? Alice has got that as, a, as, as an action point. Um, so we note. Yep, yep. We're content to note. Thank you very much indeed. And I thank to the outside speakers, I don't think we've necessarily uh, squared your circle, but um, hopefully it's been a helpful discussion.
8: July twenty seventeen report.
0: Well, we're working on fourteen so okay.
8: one.
4: Okay,
0: moving on. I like new
4: that you get in public in time, the Yeah.
0: No, we, 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 a long time ago we dropped the word village uh, because that is being cynical. Um, they are, we call them garden communities actually consistently but it's perfectly legitimate to call them towns. So things of 5,000 and 10,000 houses, they are towns. So, But we, our, our title actually is garden communities. We haven't called them villages for a long time. Yeah. In answer to your first point, I hope there won't be anything particularly contentious in... in um, in anything else. Uh, we have got to protect our five-year land supply, so it's being done in consideration of the district as a whole, and in terms of being prudent, um, and, uh, but uh, it will obviously be in the, the Regulation 19, um, and uh, we, will, uh, we will make it clear in advance of that, so that as you say, if you wanted to come in and talk about a particular site, you could. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, we're not proposing the 1,400 house site in um, Taitley. I'm sorry, I was being flippant. I shouldn't have said that. I know. We're very clear. Yeah. But but on the other hand, the flip side of that, of course, if you haven't got a five-year land supply, then you get it anyway. So we we have to manage the process. Okay, we're now moving on to the Essex Southend on Sea and Thurrock Gypsy Traveller and Travelling Show People Accommodation Assessment Summary 16 to 33. I hope this won't be hugely contentious because we're not proposing any more, but we'll go through the paper. Thank you very much to those who have come in. Okay. Yep, yeah. introduction,
5: please. Thank you, Chair. Um, second report this evening is on Gypsy and Traveller accommodation needs um, across Essex and in Uttlesford in particular. So it assesses requirements for meeting the needs of Gypsy and Travellers, and for Uttlesford, it identifies that there is no need for additional pitches in the district to meet households that meet the, planning, the 2015 planning definition. Um, It identifies a need for eight additional pitches for households that may meet the planning definition and uh, a need for ten additional pitches for households who do not meet the planning definition. Um, Just to um, give you a bit of background around the planning definition, that that relates to the planning policy statement for travellers, which the government produced in 2015 and updated the the planning definition of gypsies and Travellers to include uh, two only include those Gypsies and travellers that continue to travel on a permanent basis. Um, So the results of this evidence base are that for those which definitely meet the definition, there's no need, and for those which definitely don't meet the definition... (laughs) It's a horribly complicated way of explaining things, and I apologise for that. Um, Basically, um, there's no need that we need to be planning for in the plan um, We can't plan for people who don't meet the need, don't meet the definition, and we can't plan for those people who might meet the definition. So similar to what we've got in the Regulation 18 local plan is we will be proposing a criteria-based policy to deal with applications on their merits. Apologies for the confusing introduction. Councillor Oliver.
3: Chairman, did Donald Rumsfeld write write this report? (laughs) Councillor Dean? There's another Donald to whom you should put that question. I, I've got two, two questions. One on page, the simple ones. One on page 98. My question is 98 why, of the papers. Sorry?
0: 98 of the papers. 98
3: of the committee papers. I can't. Yep. Uh, I don't
0: know what. Page That's is fine. It. We're, we're with are you.
3: We, are we all there? Yeah. Um, Anybody got any idea why our response rate is the worst of the lot at at Uh, 28% and and the greatest mystery of all is why there are so many on page 142 and elsewhere in the document so many zeros against Southend. Is it really such an unattractive place?
0: We'll ask, we'll ask, um, we'll ask uh, Councillor, uh, Mr. Miles to respond to the response rate and Councillor Barker to respond to why there are no pitches in End. OK, Mr. Miles. Uh, thank you, Chair.
5: Um, I'm afraid I can't, I can't give you any detailed answers as to why the response rate in Utterford is so low. That is something I could follow up with the consultants,
3: um, but I don't, I don't know the reason for that. I mean, it's potentially relevant, and the, the answers may be, the errors may be very large in, in the results. So that's why I, you know, I raised. We'll come it. back to you. It's um, a fair question. Yeah. yeah. South End, Councillor Barker? Um,
1: South End, I mean, I've always understood the South End have no pictures. They have no pictures. They never pictures. No? Yeah, but Going back to Eastern Region days and everything, exactly, exactly. never any pictures.
3: Because they can demonstrate there's no need, no demand.
1: Yeah. there there is in the paper if you actually look in the summary of the pictures um, some pictures in Uttlesford seem to have wandered into Braintree Station Road Felstead is listed as being in Braintree in this document so you know you have to take all of it with a little pinch of salt I feel but if we have no need we have no need.
2: Councillor Lodge Yeah I picked up on exactly the same point as Councillor Councillor Dean there, 28% wasn't it? Um, It then goes on, I think it's on then on page 110 we have zero people who meet, who met the planning need. Um, So my question is, what is is then the validity of our analysis? Uh, Aren't we in danger here of not really getting the right data? You know, if, we'd, uh, if we'd got Facebook involved and Cambridge Analytica, we might have done better. Aren't we grossly uninformed? Mr Mars. Thank you,
5: Chair. Um, where, we haven't, where the consultants have been unable to get a response from the uh, gypsy and travellers they've tried to interview, the need which has been associated with that is that the need which is which they've un- been unable to identify whether they meet the planning definition or not, i.e. the need for eight pitches, that will be broadly associated with where they've been unable to interview the, uh, the people.
2: Does that answer your question? Not really, no. It's a real finger in the air, isn't it?
1: we note the report?
2: We can note the
0: report, but I think the important element is that at this, at this stage... We're not looking for any more pictures. That's correct, So I think on that note, unless there are any more burning questions...
2: Just then, a final corollary to that. Is this a report which will satisfy the inspector? Um,
5: yes, I think so. Um, they... These reports, they are always never able to interview everybody and there is always a level of uncertainty relating to both the forecast need and the... because it's a forecast... and um, whether that need relates to people who meet the planning definition or not. Um, I was sitting in on day 55 of the Cambridge and South Cambridgeshire local plan examinations which considered gypsies and travellers' needs Across those two districts, uh, the report there was by ORS as well, so same consultants that we are using. Um, I haven't. Oh, the, account, the inspector has released the proposed modification or consulted on the proposed potential modifications. Oh, I'm going to start that sentence again. The inspector in, in the into the Cambridge and local plan. God, starting again. <laughs> <laughs> <He's confusing. laughs> yeah. the inspector, looking at the Cambridge and South Cambridgeshire local plans, has consulted on the proposed modifications, which are ne- which may be necessary to make the plans sound, um, and did not not make any large changes to gypsies and traveller relating to gypsy and traveller needs for those two. Um, documents. So, I mean, it's a different report, but it was produced by the same people who are experts in this area. Um, And it's been a consistent position now for quite some time. It it matches reports we've had in the past with regards to the potential need in Uttlesford. I mean, you can never be certain about these things, but evidence would appear to indicate that we're heading in the right direction.
0: I am reminded, and Councillor Oliver will remember it too, that the (coughs) first three meetings of the Planning Policy Working Group, we had um, attendees of about 200 members of the public uh, all on the same subject. So um, let's let's hope that... uh, It's a very valid question, will this report satisfy the inspector? And I I think we we, we need just to uh, ask our officers to... um, Reassure us and themselves that that is the case. But on the evidence presented this evening, which is consistent with the evidence that we've been receiving now for over 12 months, then uh, I think we should note the report. Noted. I do have one question. Have they
6: actually put Felsted in Bridge?
1: In the Felsted list, in Bridge list, it says Station Road, Felsted, two pictures. It's got the other Felster side, but it's also state where Felster two pictures. spelled wrong. And they did two
3: issues, so they pinched two of our issues. which is Councillor
0: Dean I think on that note, uh, there are no other items which the Chairman considers to be urgent. Uh, we'll close the meeting, but there are a number of actions and. Uh, quite a lot of activity between now and the next PPWG, and the next PPWG will be a meeting. We will consider whether we need to start early, because there will be an awful lot to consider that night. Thank you very much for your time.